0: Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by millions, James the Exploding Unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by millions, Steve Dash, Rico Welcome back to Wrong and Wronger. I'm so excited to be here and James is here too. I'm a little bit fire. He's a little bit ice. I'm leather. He's lace. I'm a little bit country and he's Well, he's less rock and roll than me too, but James, man, this is such an exciting day. I am in our bedroom edition because Mrs. Steve is still kind of lounging around, so I had to slide her phone out from under her resting hand and bring it in here to use for the podcast. There was a push note. She got a text from someone named Ramon. It's probably a little bit concerning, but I didn't bother pursuing it. That's my morning in a nutshell. I got my coffee. The sun's coming up. How are you? I am
1: spectacular because usually when we record this, I have it looming over my head for half the day till we record around the (laughs) noon hour. But today, today we are knocking it out first thing in the morning. I'm barely awake. I don't even know that I'm talking to you. My kids (laughs) left for school half a second ago. This is the earliest possible moment we could record and I am ecstatic because I will have so much day after I get this over with.
0: What your mornings, man? I thought about that as I was setting up out here. You got four little kids. Like, what? What is? Give me a two minute wrap up of what a morning in the Breakwell House is like. There has to be yelling and screaming and and yes. throwing a fits, right?
1: So I am one hundred percent hands off with this process. It used getting them ready used to be the bane of my existence, and then I just uh, stopped caring. Like it's it's up to them. It's on them. <laughs> So they wait, one kid wakes up at uh, the oldest. For a while, she was waking up at like 4.30 to get ready for middle school. Like, that's ridiculous. You've got to stop this. So now I think she gets up at like 6, and she leaves at 7 or 7.09. The other ones wake up at 7, and there is immediately screaming and shouting and name-calling because the individual process of getting yourself dressed somehow involves immediate conflict with the world around oh. you. And then they come downstairs and they attach themselves like barnacles to the computer that I need for everything I do. And I pry them off of that. And then they go wow. and they watch YouTube and they forget to eat breakfast. Or if they get breakfast, oh. they forget to chew. And then at 8.12 when they need to go out to the bus, they are suddenly blindsided by this event. The alarms on phones go off and there's a panic and they, they head out the door And then they slam the door as loudly as they can, and I am greeted by a day of silence.
0: And then I called you! Yes,
1: yes, you are invading my sanctuary, but it's so close (laughs) to the inconvenience of the screaming children that it's all kind of rolled into one experience. (laughs) It's kind of like when you're already in the cold water, you don't realize how cold the water is. I don't have to take a second dip today at noon. I'm actually, I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah, it's jarring. Yes. I know. Now you mentioned what everyone else does. What are you doing in the mayhem?
1: I am getting myself ready. And I actually my, my morning process is is ridiculous. I can I can now roll out of bed at like six fifty nine and be on my computer by seven. It is spectacular. <laughs> I uh, I switched it up. I used to shower first thing in the morning, but lately my uh, oldest daughter wants to go to the gym with me, so I, I changed it. I, I don't work out in the morning anymore. I work out when she gets off from school, so I shower in the afternoon. So my morning routine is ridiculously streamlined. I am nothing if not efficient. Also, I don't care what I look like or who I see, so that really cuts down on the personal care. So yeah.
0: It, I I can tell. Yeah, and it
1: it, I mean, it helps yeah. that nobody's going to see this video. So I didn't. It's not like I have to like make myself look my best to talk to you. It's just it's literally just us talking to ourselves in empty rooms.
0: I got to be honest. I thought you were looking your best, and it was sort of a train wreck. <laughs> but well, that's I'm, just me. That's
1: that's the thing, though. I like the ceiling is so low. Like I achieve ninety nine percent of my potential at my worst. <laughs> And I'm not going to go through an hour-long self-care routine to get that extra 1%. Nobody could even tell.
0: Yeah. Well, the highest I can achieve is 1%. So I (laughs) sort of look at it the opposite way. Yeah. But uh, so good. So you are in the sanctuary part of your day. Yes. Which means uh, this podcast is going to roll effortlessly off your back.
1: Yes, it will. Uh, it will bounce off me. I will survive, and things are good. This has got to be weird for you, though. You are recording inside, like a civilized human being. <laughs> like that's that's very much not your oh, your oh, modus operandi. I
0: I know when I'm in a weird location, I usually send you a photo first, so that you kind of have a picture of where I'm at. I didn't today because I didn't have time. This is not civilized. I've got naked studs and blown insulation behind me. So it is indoors, technically. The broken window that shattered that I mentioned last week is just off to my left over here. So it's not exactly civilized, but it is definitely an upgrade from what our cavemen ancestors used to put up with. And
1: when is the contractor coming back to finish that?
0: Uh, she's not awake yet. Uh, <laughs> your but, wife's uh, doing
1: it all herself?
0: She has, uh, we did hire a guy to frame it in because um, I, she probably could have. The the problem is she, she sort of goes slow. She just picks away at it. She knows how to do everything. She did all the wiring. She did the whole flooring. It's just sort of a slow process for her. And uh, I think she wanted to get it framed in in a relatively brief amount of time. So we paid a guy to do the framing. We also paid a guy to come in and blow in the insulation because he needs specialized gear for that. So those are the only things she hasn't done. She has, um, yeah, the floor is all in. She put in all those. She ran the wire and she put the electrical boxes up. And her next task, I think, is to drywall where... I don't know how we're going to drywall it. I think I told you last week, I uh, uh, one of uh, the, uh, I don't know if they're Mennonites or Amish now. I'm a little self-conscious because I don't <laughs> want to screw it up. I'm guessing it's offensive if you're one or the other and I call you the wrong one. But uh, one of the, I'm going to call them Amish because I, they're, anyway, one of the Amish who sort of run construction around here is coming over to, tonight. Tonight Ooh, He's coming tonight. Ooh. I need to put that on my calendar <laughs> so we're home. But uh, he's going to take a look. If they don't do drywall, I may have my brother come and do it. I don't think Mrs. Steve, she will hang all the drywall, but she doesn't really know how to mud and tape. So we, we've we got people Ooh. that uh, we can ask if the Mennonites can't do it or the Amish, dang it, if the Amish folks can't do it. But anyway, once the drywall is up, then uh, she'll just paint She'll uh, hang the closet door. She'll uh, put the closet accouchement in so we can use it as a closet. And I think then she'll put the flooring in. And it's it's just a process. It takes a little bit of time because she's just one person. And uh, I'm looking for it by probably end of summer. We should have everything out here and established.
1: Well, I'd like to congratulate you, Steve. You have immensely offended our Mennonite and Amish listeners and viewers. (laughs) They are all going to sign off. I can't believe you would say they're the same thing and that you can't tell the difference.
0: The problem is I've heard it both ways. (laughs) Like, uh, I have said to you and said to people, I call them the Mennonite Mafia, and I say that term lovingly. I hope that's not offensive, but they really do run the construction industry out here. And then I heard they're actually Amish, and so I've been calling the shop we go to the Amish store. And I, so I don't know if they're Mennonites or Amish, but they've uh, <laughs> they're they're good at what they do and they're efficient. So I my hat's off to them, and they work, man. They show up on time, they're sober, and they get stuff done. I appreciate that about anyone.
1: I, uh, I might be making this up entirely, further alienating any Mennonites and Amish who haven't already <laughs> left, but I believe they were once the same sect and they split off because one thought the other was a little bit too liberal and modern. You know, their, uh, their, their jaunty uh, top hats were a little bit too cutting edge for them. <laughs> Around here... <laughs> I believe we only have Amish, and they're in they're in like secluded <clears throat> communities. Like there'll be a, a corner of one county, and that's where the Amish are. Or there's a up in northern Indiana, there's some. I had a friend who would. Uh, make pilgrimages up there because his parents were from up there and every time he'd go up there he'd go to the Amish store and he'd come back with pounds, literally pounds of homemade Amish beef jerky and cheese and that is I can't think of like as a cultural group or a religious group can there be a better thing for just being known for pounds of you know beef jerky and (laughs) cheese like what a positive contribution to the world like nobody, nobody's gonna hate on that group except for you Steve except for you misnaming them calling them the Mennonite mafia. I just like what? <laughs> They're going to cut us off from their meats and cheeses and then I won't have a reason to live. So thanks for that.
0: <clears throat> I tell you what, I had a friend who lived in Terre Haute, Indiana, mm-hmm. years and years ago. And uh, I went up there for Thanksgiving one year and we went to the Amish Thanksgiving and my god, James, the food was fantastic and plentiful. And I do at this moment, as we speak, have several pounds of Amish cheese in my refrigerator <laughs> right now. Because I love it too.
1: You're you're sure so, it's not Mennonite cheese? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> is it not labeled?
0: <laughs> it's labeled with a store label, and the store is just named after the family that owns the store. There there's two predominant families and uh out here, and I, I don't know which is Amish and which is Mennonite, or if they're both one or the other. I think you're right that one split off from the other because one thought one was getting a a little either too rigid or too lax. But (coughs) I just I should probably look into the history before I go any further here, James.
1: You know they uh they do a thing over here, so the community here in like central or south central Indiana is connected to a community in Pennsylvania where they speak German and they uh, they lo- but but again neither community is particularly big, so to marry. They, like, bus in people. Like, they just go back and forth. Like, if you grow up here, you don't necessarily marry somebody from here. They want to mix up the gene pool a bit more than that. Yeah. So they ship in your bride. I assume that somebody with a van does it. That's how they usually get around when they have to go long distances. They have a, kind of like your person has a guy with a phone who handles all their contacts. They have a guy with a van who gets them around. Because going from Pennsylvania to Indiana in a horse and buggy, would be a little rough. There's a mountain range in between there. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they, uh, they they go back and forth, they have a whole system for it, and uh, I, I guess, you know, your story, It uh, there's one point I want to question you on, other than just your total disregard for the cultures and religions of other people. You mentioned the Amish Thanksgiving, like, first of all, that implies there's only one, and second of all, was this like an open call, like, the Amish have just set up a giant table, wander in if you want? <laughs>
0: Yeah, in the middle of a field, at, <laughs> the, at the end of November, it was. Yeah, <coughs> no, it was at the Amish uh, store slash restaurant up in Terre Haute, okay. or just outside of Terre Haute, I guess. And uh, I do remember. I back then I was young and naive, James. Now I'm worldly. Oh. I am well versed in all aspects of Mennonite <laughs> and Amishia. But back then, I still sort of figured, well, Amish people are horse and buggy and they are zero technology. And I remember being struck by the fact that uh, they had a, a uh, like an electronic cash register at the counter. And I thought, how strange is that? And back in the day, to pay with a credit card, it was during the transition between the that kind of credit card machine Mm -hmm. and then the ones we do now where we just tap and go but it was where the credit card machine was attached to the phone line and so when they put the credit card number in you could hear the and i thought they have telephones here how weird is that and so i i was confused as i walked out but then i fell asleep behind the wheel because i was so full of thanksgiving dinner
1: there was a place in Illinois called Rock Home Gardens and it was, it was an Amish amusement park. That's the only way to describe it. You'd go there and you'd gl- get a glimpse of uh, Amish life but Amish life isn't that exciting for kids on a field trip. So they had like Fun houses built and little mini towns you could play in and things like that and gift shops. And they they had some peacocks wandering around. But I remember at the start of that, they had a, a bus tour to introduce you to Amish life. And uh, it was the worst bus tour I've ever been on because <laughs> Amish country looks like exactly every other part of the country across the entire Midwest. So you're driving around looking at just random normal looking farmhouses and be like, see that house? There's no power lines going to that house. That one's Amish. You see that other one? That one is uh, that one does have power lines. It's not Amish. And there's like there's Daryl on his tractor. He doesn't own the tractor, so it's okay for Daryl to be on the tractor and just
0: <laughs> I do appreciate the looking for a loophole quality that they have. Yes. And now that we're talking about it, the the girls in the deli all run electric equipment like to slice the salami and the ham and everything and the cheese. So I do I do wonder if they're Mennonite and not Amish because I I believe Mennonite are a little looser with some of those kinds of rules than the Amish are.
1: I believe the loophole is that when they came up with these rules in the 1800s, they basically froze things in time. They didn't say like, We have to go back to the technology of like the Bronze Age or of like 1300. They just kind of froze (laughs) things where they were in the 1800s. And at the time, the only way you could get electricity, uh, which is a pretty new technology, uh, you know, you could. It came from power lines, so I believe right. the rules specifically say you cannot connect to the power lines, and they didn't anticipate, for example, propane generators or diesel generators, whatever you can hook up in your backyard. So I believe with some of the sex, as long as you have your own personal power plant not collect, connected to the community grid, you're good to go and you can like run your iPad so uh, that's the kind of, that's, that's the kind of Mennonite I would be. <laughs>
0: How do you know that?
1: Because I am a man of the world. I appreciate other cultures <laughs> oh and other religions, and I go the extra mile to learn about them so I don't go on a podcast and offend all of them. That's, that's who I am, Steve. I care.
0: Well, I'm looking to pay them, so <laughs> I'm probably a little more friendly to the population than you are.
1: I have, I have vicariously paid them thousands of dollars for meat and cheese through my friend who paid for all of it. I paid nothing. I paid nothing. But he had to buy more in anticipation of feeding me, and thus I stimulated the Amish economy.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: Huh. Yeah, I'm a good person.
0: Well, I'm always curious to learn, but tentative about how to ask questions I don't know why I'm self-conscious about it, probably because I don't want to be that guy. But I noticed there's uh, probably eight girls that work in the deli. And I say girls because I think they're teenagers. But some of them wear black, um, like, uh, (laughs) yarmulkes. I don't know what they're called in the Amish community. And then some of them wear colored ones. And... I was curious if that meant married versus unmarried because that was the only thing that made sense to my, my uh, screwy mind. But uh, the one that we know the best, mm-hmm. and uh, she's great. Her name is Jabecca, And I pulled her aside. I said, hey, you wear a black uh, head covering. And uh, one of the other girls, Carla, I think, was wearing a different color. I said, does that mean something different? And she said, uh, no, no, it's just what we wear. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. I, enough with the questioning. I, I was stonewalled on that one, James. But I'm always curious about stuff like that. I wish I wish we had a resource like Wikipedia that could tell us all about it. But yes. I'm just too lazy to look it up. If
1: only there were a place we could do literally seconds of research. Although that brings me <laughs> to another topic we haven't addressed. Uh, you guilted what? your readers into making you a Wikipedia page, didn't you? No. I thought you did. Do, I, do I, I have one? I thought I saw you tweeting about that. Maybe I maybe that was in a dream. I thought that after we went on and on about Wikipedia pages that you now had a Wikipedia page.
0: I texted you about your Wikipedia. Page. Oh, maybe
1: that's what it is. I took my great success and transposed it onto <laughs> you because once again, I'm a good person.
0: I don't know. Let me look it oh, up here. Oh my god.
1: Let's, let's see here, Steve Olivas, Wikipedia. This is uh, this is live, folks, live in this pre-recorded podcast. Let's... Yeah, I
0: texted you because yours was a little more updated than you believed it was, so I wanted to let you know where yours was at That's as un... far as time goes.
1: I thought, but I didn't. Uh... No, you know what it was? It was you're you're mentioned on one of the Rocker's Wikipedia pages as the co-author of his book.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah, so I made it onto Wikipedia, although it's not my page. Yes.
1: I am not coming up with any hits for Steve Allevis, Wikipedia. I am sorry that I got your hopes up. I, uh, oh. I have brought them up just to have you crush live <laughs> on air. And that, that, that was not cool of me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to backtrack there. But, hey, your middle name is T. How about that? I'm learning all <laughs> sorts of stuff about you. All right. So anyway, if you are listening our non Mennonite and Amish (laughs) listeners, Steve could use a Wikipedia page. Oh, my God. And um, decorum dictates that you don't make your own Wikipedia page, even though you totally could. And bullet point number one on his new Wikipedia page is not going to be that he is a best-selling author or a famous psychologist or a prolific podcast host. It's going to be that he has no respect for the Mennonite and Amish communities and has become embroiled in controversy on the Internet. After all the horrible things we've said and done, I am heartbroken, absolutely heartbroken, that this is what's going to get us canceled off the Internet right here. Your are Amish and Mennonite night erasure
0: yeah and despite my uh probably overblown apology and backing it up and everything. They'll just clip that one part where it was offensive, (laughs) and uh, you know how it works, James. And that'll be that.
1: Yep, yep, they will play it over and over again. And then I'll go on
0: the air, I'll cry, and I'll apologize, and I'll imply that it was actually your fault. And then they'll come after you, James Breakwell.
1: They would never do such a thing. I am so friendly and harmless and beloved. I am (laughs) merely here to curb your hate speech to just kind of contain it a little bit i am doing the world a service i take all the slings and arrows folks you should hear the terrible things he says to me off air he's like why did you censor me why did you tone that down when i said i hated that group i meant it and by that group he always means the mennonites this is not the first time he's gone off on them
0: it's like you're quoting my tweets. You're, you're reading right off your phone, James. Wow. Like
1: every week when I go through and carefully edit this podcast, I have to cut out like nine minutes of Mennonite hate. Just That's right.
0: We- <laughs> I go on and on. My God, the tirades, James. The vitriol spilling from my lips. I just I don't know how I get by. <laughs> You uh, Well, can I piggyback off of one of the things you said yes. as long as this is going to really be the last podcast we ever do? Please do. You mentioned that I was mentioned on one of my rock stars' websites. And uh, can I just bring up my latest book that uh, came out about two months ago and I keep forgetting to bring it onto the show because we could literally move seven of these bad boys if every listener bought one. Woo. But uh, Judge... Judge this book by its cover by Ron Young and Steve Olivas. Even if you don't know who he is and don't know the band Little Caesar, the book is good. Like, uh, this is the book that I am supremely proud of. And this is a book. <laughs> <I'm supremely, laughs> it's, a a book it's a book, folks. It's a book. Hell, nobody listens anyway. But uh, this is really a good book. An abusive Mother in His Childhood. He had everything going for him in the music industry. And if you want to know how the music industry works, it doesn't matter which band you're talking about. This one really gives you an inside look at just some of the dirty dealings that go on behind the scenes in the music industry. And then uh, after everything fell apart, he fell into a heroin addiction and then came out of it. And it's just fantastic, the story. Great guy, great sense of humor. I write in the voice of my artists, so there are some naughty words in this book, but it's still great. Judge this book by its cover. Ron Young, look it up, it's on Amazon. And uh, let me know if you want an autographed copy if you're actually a fan of Ron Young, of Little Caesar, and uh, he'll sign one over and mail it right from his house to yours. Thank you, James.
1: Yes, uh, as you said, uh, definitely buy this book, even if you've never heard of him. I, for one, have never heard of Steve Alevis. The guy doesn't even have a Wikipedia page, what? but you should still buy the book, because we've all heard of Ron Young and his musical career. And uh, and yeah, this is, this is book number what, Steve, like nine or 15 for you now?
0: I think I have nine. Holy and, cow. Uh, they're not all out, but... Uh, Uh, Another one just sent me his edited copy, so that'll come out probably within two months. That'll be out. And then I start another write on February 15th. And uh, this one could push me over the top, Jane. This is a pretty big one. I think you know who it is. I think I've told you off air. But he was telling me that his publicist is lining him up to be on The Tonight Show and on The View. And so my name could get mentioned on The Tonight Show. (laughs) I mean, where in the world would I be if that actually happened? I wouldn't ever talk to you. I wouldn't give you the time of day anymore, James Breakwell. But yeah. I'm looking forward to getting that one done. And there's a little bit of pressure on that one to be good. I, uh,
1: I hope that happens. I really do. Because as soon as your name leaves Jimmy Kimmel's lips, I'm going to fire off an email, <laughs> an anonymous email about some comments made about the Mennonites. <laughs> and that's going to be the end of you.
0: Dang it! (laughs) Ah, if only I would have known the difference ahead of time. My (sighs) career... It's funny my career has ended but in the future it's a very strange back to the future kind of situation here James. This is true.
1: This is true. And this is the kind of thing that gets you too because nobody will listen to this episode for like 25 years. You'll be you'll be a millionaire <laughs> author and they're going to go back like wait, wait, wait. Did you see what this guy said in 2023 and they will retroactively take away all your gold and riches. That's that's
0: how this works. <laughs> you know, that's the benefit well, you know... Oh, hell, we're out of time, James. <laughs> now you're getting me fired up here. I we Speaking of the future, we have to let all of our listeners get back to theirs, and they will see if we're still here next week. I will be fervently checking Wikipedia between now and then, all of you techno junkies out there. And in the meantime, this is Steve Olivas, Dr. Steve for James the Exploding Unicorn, Breakwell saying thanks for watching, thanks for listening. Buy our books because we have... Nothing else going for us, man. And as always, two wrongs can make a right.